Vine Street looked like a painting that morning. The sun blinked behind a roll of fog over the Hollywood Hills, turning the world into a watercolor still life. A row of pepper trees on either side of the wide street shimmered in the light. Their mossy leaves tinged in yellow, spun like coins as a breeze blew through their branches. The delivery boy took a deep breath, inhaling the scents of tuberose and gardenia from the flower arrangement he carried. The spray was almost as tall as he was, and certainly wider. Long stems of white delphinium framed the bouquet, their blossoms shaking like bells as he walked. The boy noticed a lemon grove next to the studio and thought about picking a few later to take home to his mother, who would surely peel the skin into curls, soak them in boiling water, then roll them in sugar until they were candy sweet. Oranges, lemons, and limes were ripe for the picking. Between the sunshine and the citrus fruit, even the poorest children looked robust. California was a dreamscape in 1917, the emerald Pacific lapping at its jagged coast with crests of white foam. The land was rocky, the air dry, the foliage green, and the sky blue. There was ongoing speculation about undiscovered gold mines and untapped veins of silver ore deep in the earth. On the surface, railways connected the West to everyone else, zigzagging across the state like zippers. As far as the eye could see, the landscape was filled with potential. Show business was exploding. No longer were live theater, burlesque, and vaudeville the backbone of American entertainment. Pennies weren't dropped at the arcades or buckets of silver in the Nickelodeon. Now there were moving pictures, and audiences could not get enough of them. Barns were raised, not to house cattle and horses, but to host actors, cameras, sets, and lights. California's clement weather meant round-the-clock production, and producers reveled in the possibilities for profit. If you were beautiful, young, and lucky, you might make it big in pictures. But if you couldn't catch a break, you could serve the anointed whose dreams had come true. You might cook and clean for the stars, drive them to the studio, sew their costumes, paint scenery, style their hair, or write their scenarios. You could be useful here. There were many stories to tell, and many hands needed to bring them to life. The barn doors of the Jesse L. Lasky Feature Play Company rolled open to reveal a movie soundstage in full production. The clatter of making a silent picture was deafening. Orders were shouted over the clang of metal, the drone of machines, and the screech of a ripsaw. As the orchestra warmed up, the haphazard sound of scales, the pluck of violin strings, the low bellows of a trumpet, and the bright tinkle of piano keys underscored the din. The air was thick with the scents of sawdust, tobacco, and fresh paint. The boy observed the mayhem. It was as if he were peering into the gears of a Swiss watch, its working synchronized on a vast concrete floor cluttered with equipment. The crew, in a perpetual hurry, rushed past him carrying all elements of spectacle, from costumes to props. His boss at the flower shop had said, time is money, but here, they really meant it. Overhead, electricians atop the steel fly space sorted cables and manned the rigs to operate the lights. The crew dropped wires through the open mesh like marionette strings. A gaffer scaled a ladder to flip the metal barn doors on a light. Painted backdrops hung neatly from the ceiling like decks of cards, ready to descend with the hoist and release of a pulley. 
The soles of the carpenter's work boots on the open metal grid above looked like brown tiles to him. Below them, a stage manager hollered as the crew hoisted mattresses into the air with military precision and dropped them in place on wooden boards that faked box springs as set decorators moved in to dress the beds. Where there had been nothing, there now was a world. Two men rolled a flat on wheels into position. It was painted with trompe bricks and a sign that read, Children's Ward. A scene painter followed, dabbing at the lettering until it was just right. The movie camera, a black box with a thick glass lens, was centered on long black sticks in the middle of a platform on wheels. Under a sheath of midnight blue velvet, the operators removed large wheels of film from tin canisters and snapped them into place. A cameraman stepped onto the lift and repositioned the camera. Slowly, like a barge, the rig and the cameraman floated into place in front of the hospital set.